0: right. Well, hey Susan. Here we are. Hey, Laura. It is spring. Spring has sprung. It's spring.
1: Now, did you know that there's a difference between spring on the calendar and meteorological spring? I did not, no. Yeah, so meteorological, I hope I'm saying that right, spring is when even if the calendar doesn't necessarily say spring has sprung,
0: mm-hmm. you can tell, yeah,
1: the because mm-hmm. of the weather. So yes, spring has sprung.
0: Spring has sprung, and I told you before we started taping that that is going to result in some sad news for our bird watching, especially now that Bill has been bird watching. The bears are coming out of hibernation. Yes. Yeah. So. I got the alert, I've gotten it several times, like Fish and Game has put out the alert, take down your bird feeders or you're going to have an unwelcome surprise. So I'm feeling really sad about this because my little bird friends are out there and I recognize individual birds and I'm taking away the food.
1: Well, it's a, it's a necessary thing to do here in New Hampshire. I have friends who live up in Unity and this was as late as june i was early june but june nonetheless i was up there staying overnight and visiting and in the morning my friend said i'm going to go out and bring the bird feeders in if i don't come back in 10 minutes just come and look for me and i was in the kitchen and i was like oh okay and then all of a sudden i stopped and thought wait What? What? If I don't come back in? Like, why wouldn't you come back in? What are you doing out there? What's going to happen? So that's what they would do. They would bring them in at night Mm -hmm. and put them back out in the morning for the birds. Okay.
0: Um,
1: But they actually had, you know, bears were rumbling through their paddocks and things like that. And I'm, I'm clear that that's not something we want to add on to stressors from 2021. Right? Well, yeah,
0: although I will say I know there is a bear that is seen quite often across the street from me. And so, you know, it wouldn't take a lot for him to wander over here. And a few years back, one of our neighbors over on this side of the street was doing honey. And boo-boo uh, bear came and ransacked the honey. So I'm just going to err on the side of caution as much as I love my little birdie friends and hope that the bears move along quickly so that I can feed the birds again. Yeah, I think it'll go
1: by fast. And I, I support that decision. I really do. And I've never ever used the phrase in my life, there's a bear that lives across the street from me. And luckily, I'm in town. So I have a little bit more leeway. Mm-hmm. But if I see a bear walking down the street, I will be following your example in short order.
0: Speaking of birds, Susan, I understand that you recently saw a bald eagle? Not one but two. Ooh, where was this?
1: So this was last week. We had this glorious weather day on Thursday last week. It was something like 64 degrees. I popped my headphones in and off I went on a beautiful afternoon walk. And when I got down to the parkway, you know, it's closed right now so that people have some extra space to safely and distance walk around. And I was walking and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw these people looking up into a tree and trying to aim with their phones. And so I followed the line of the phones where the phones were pointing and I saw, oh my God, it's like really exciting when you see, when I, I'll speak for myself, it's extremely exciting to see like a for real bald eagle in your hometown, in my hometown. So then I paused my music, looked at the person and they said, Yeah, the other one is super cool, too. And I was like, the other one? What other one? And I she pointed and I looked over there and there were two Mm -hmm. just hanging out in the treetops. So I gave them like a, a high sign and I kept walking. And then about a minute later, one of them must have left the tree and came by me and swooped down towards the river and started circling. Mm -hmm. and I said oh my god I hope I'm not about to witness a murder (laughs) because there was like a line of ducks moving across the water I don't even know if they eat ducks no they go for the fish so that's what happened it swooped down and all of a sudden it came back up with something in its talons and I really I just don't really want to know what it was Uh, I'm going to go with fish fish makes more sense to me and then it flew down the river and into another tree mm-hmm. obviously i saw them in their living room the other tree must have been their dining room mm-hmm. and i was like this is this is so cool you know it's it's being outside in the winter for me is necessary but it's it's not i'm not one of those people that just comes alive for that right mm-hmm. but now that things are a little milder I am just really enjoying being you know, out and about. And it makes me feel very hopeful that as the vaccines continue to roll out at an increased pace, that maybe some of this is going to feel more accessible and welcoming again.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I've seen that eagle quite a bit last summer. It, it's been around. And I for a while, I was trying to figure out where its home base was like where its nest was. That, mm-hmm. was, that was sort of my mission because there was, I, I would go walking like on my regular route and there was like one old man who always knew where the Eagle was when I was out walking. And he's like, he's down there today. And I'd be like, thanks for the tip. Yeah. yeah. So I came back home like,
1: strutting practically like I just scored the best bird watching like yeah go into my bird app and say I saw not one but two bald eagles and one of them caught a fish bitches. so you know like you and your bird feeders can just bow down <laughs> and then i realized yeah we don't have a lot going on here right now
0: (laughs) it's okay it's exciting well i mean the other thing you have going on is that you are going to start an indoor hat campaign going forward as we are going through this transitional weather phase here in new hampshire what's and you're wearing a hat today i know our listeners can't see you but you do have your hat on
1: this is my favorite hat of the season it's a pink pom-pom beanie from lexi's which is our favorite neighborhood burger joint. Yeah, so I'm doing that thing that I seem compelled to do in early spring, which is like start sorting through clothes that I'm not, I don't even look at until next year. And I start putting those away and I start poking around and seeing, you know, what are the warmer weather clothes and organizing and washing and donating and doing all that stuff. I noticed that I had made like two piles of hats like in my head there were the outdoor hats and then there were the indoor hats and I thought indoor hats Susan what's that about and I realized that you know there's also an indoor down coat I don't feel ready to talk about that but when the temperature is bouncing around like this so wildly you know it was 64 degrees on Thursday by Monday morning it was back down to almost 0 with wind chill right that i get so cold sometimes that i literally the best thing for it is just to try to stay warm when i am warm so i you know used to do that thing where you come in and just take off your hat your gloves your scarf your coat just because you're indoors right and so what i started noticing is that i had stopped taking my hat off and some hats fit better under hoods when you go outside with a mask and some hats are better for just being indoor hats. So I guess I'm like Mr. Rogers now where I come in, I take my outdoor Mm -hmm. hat off, I put my indoor hat on, I'm still warm and everybody is happy.
0: I think you should just go with it. I've decided that I've I've noticed like my fashion sense and what I'm wearing has changed so much over the last year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? It's comfortable, it's warm, it's cozy, we're going with it. So I support your hat plan. Thank you. Well, let's get to the meat of our discussion today, because we are talking about intuition, even though we talk about birds and eagles and all that other stuff. So this is our Breaking Through the Fog series of Everyday Intuition. And today, you are going to talk about the crystal ball wall, supporting and believing in yourself. So what's that about?
1: So this, I cannot take credit for the name. This is from my dear friend, Tiffany, who came up with Crystal Ball Wall um, as a way to encapsulate a writing assignment that I had given my students where I wanted them to write down things that they knew, just literally make a list. Now, if you're not someone who gets a lot out of journaling and you'd rather do artwork or, you know, it doesn't matter. I had this idea of actually painting one of the walls in my kitchen with chalkboard paint. I still might do that so that other people could put things on the crystal ball wall. But we start with things that you knew that you discounted or you didn't understand. Remember, we talked about layering last week. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when things come in, the first couple layers we dismiss and then we lose it. It doesn't come back. But some things, continue to layer and we continue to feel that it means something even though we don't know what it means and those things when they resolve should go on your crystal ball wall things that part one things that you knew by documenting these things you actually give yourself support for your intuition because you have experiences that you can reference the second part of the crystal ball wall is things that you know okay so you write them as they come in and they may come in and you might know exactly what they mean but you might not yet but if you get a certain heaviness and centeredness and groundedness to your intuition then you know it needs to go on the wall just in terms of like the fog this is a really great tool because it's very clear And it requires that you take ownership of it, which is another way to break through the fog.
0: So let's think about some things we would put on a crystal ball wall recently. Recently. Hmm. So here's
1: the thing about the crystal ball wall. Sometimes you get messages for a long arc, meaning it might take a year or two. It might take a couple months. I don't recommend that you start big. I, I recommend that you start small. Like for example, you're in the grocery store, and you get this nudge to buy oranges. Right? Mm -hmm. And you think, well, this doesn't make any sense. I have a whole bag of oranges at home. And then you get home. And the next day, you take an orange out of the bag, and it's moldy. And so it's ruined the entire bag of oranges, or the oranges that you thought you had got eaten by someone in your household. And you think, oh, my gosh, that was a nudge that I ignored. Right? So in that case, I suggest you have like a portable crystal ball wall that you can, you know, maybe open a file and a note file on your phone, a list or something and just say oranges, just write it down. Mm-hmm. It also kind of disengages you from the need to make it make sense. You're going to just go with it. It'll make sense later and it can make sense a lot
0: later or it can make sense right away. So you've got two things that you put down. You put down what you knew and discounted And then what you know? Yeah, what you knew doesn't necessarily have to be things that you discounted.
1: It could be just things that you did know, right? And that you're very clear, I knew this was gonna happen. But it's also helpful to put down the things that you argued with or dismissed or repressed. And then later, surprise, surprise, up pops confirmation or resolution or you know the manifestation of or whatever it was and I think this is one of the ways that we learn.
0: So if you don't have a chalkboard wall in your kitchen
1: you don't have to have a chalkboard wall I just thought it would be a fun project and I'm not crafty so I don't know why I thought it would be fun and it still hasn't gotten done so I've had to do things like um, you can use a page in a written journal you can use a computer file you can get Mm -hmm. a sketch pad out if you like to draw but you have to get it down on paper it has to Mm -hmm. be recorded and documented and because that's the thing that forces you into ownership of the thing and it will make you a little uncomfortable because Again, we've been talking a lot about how we want our intuition to be verifiable immediately, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always work like that. And so when it doesn't work like that, we tend to think, oh, well, this just isn't good information and we discard it. Mm -hmm. This pushes you out of your comfort zone. You can't just walk away from it. There's this thing written down on the list, picture drawn, and you have to wait and see what happens.
0: Well, this is interesting. And I think I could see how over time, if you are kind of cultivating this practice and you had been maybe doubting yourself and doubting your intuition, how you're going to see this cumulative effect when you look back at that list after a while. Ding, ding, ding. That's
1: exactly why. And if you keep it all in one special spot, you can see the trend emerging of how. You- was actually talking to you the whole time.
0: Well, I will, I can't think of any like big uh, moments of intuition. I've had a lot of just like little moments of intuition lately, and I just keep following. I, I mean, most of them have been kind of lifestyle in, in terms of just how we've adapted our house in the pandemic. And my husband actually said to me last week, and he said, it's like you've peeled a leaf away mm. and you're really happy. And I'm like, I know that sounds weird in a pandemic time. Yeah. And I think it's just because I've been following these little, like, you know, nudges for the last probably four or five months of things that I want to do. And, you know, just kind of finding a balance, but also kind of trusting myself to make these little changes.
1: Right. And I I don't think that I should be sharing examples of what's been on my wall because I listen to the little things all day long for sure Mm -hmm. but I also don't think the big ones are good teaching examples because they're not going to be things that you're gonna like embrace you know in your Mm -hmm. life right away right you get them when you're ready for them and I've been doing this professionally for over 30 years so it's different right that's the purpose of the pandemic that it's clarifying and you know you've heard me say this like last year was all about ditching high heels and no more commutes and getting a dog and doing the things that we feel and yep right are those are really cool sneakers laura i wish everybody could see those you're Mm -hmm. kind of on a you're on a sneaker tear right now
0: Yeah, I'm wearing sneakers, I'm where I've gone back to my flannel roots, but it's like, I'm just like comfortable now.
1: Right. And so that's one thing. But then I've also said that in some ways, 2021 is going to be even more challenging, because that energy just didn't stop. And what it's doing is it's getting to work on all the other deeper, more complex issues in our lives. And that's going to take a little bit more discernment, more patience, more developed intuition to peace out. So that's another reason why the writing of it down is important because you can start to pull out the essential threads. I mean, I like doing lists. You can definitely do it in narrative form. It doesn't matter. You just need to start putting it somewhere where you can also objectively observe it. I
0: have many lists around my, my desk and my workspace. So this is definitely something that I can do. Yes. I'm a list. I'm a Virgo list maker. Yes, you are. That's my (laughs) excuse. You're not a Virgo. We've got our Ask the Intuitive section here, and we got a couple questions that were pretty similar. So I'm going to kind of wrap them into one. And so, you know, one of the questions was, you know, kind of message change. And then kind of along that same theme, Alexa asked, can your intuition be wrong? And I think that really ties in with what we were just talking about with the crystal ball wall and sort of listening to things as they're unfolding. Right. So these it was really
1: great that these two questions came in at the same time, because I think that they're both very instructive. So it goes without saying that your intuition is never wrong. Okay, never. But we do have experiences where we think, well, that didn't turn out the way I knew it was going to. These experiences are upsetting because making the decision to be intuitive and listen to your intuition is very risky in our society. We've contextualized intuition as rare, unreliable, and dangerous, right? So most of the work, in becoming aware of your most natural resource is rewriting your belief system around it and that's hard to do and it takes time i find that it's actually easier to repress your intuition i mean if you have the choice there's a lot of people that come to me and they just say i just am not intuitive right and they defer like you be the intuitive and that's okay it's easier and it's simpler to do that because once you actually start taking the risk to be intuitive, there's all these different nuances and paths and even like the workings of your own mind that you need to navigate. So when a situation like this happens and you think, I didn't get that right, or I swore I was getting this message and then it changed or it didn't, it, it wasn't quote, accurate, I think that it serves a really good purpose, because it, it gives you the opportunity to do a little bit of what is it armchair quarterbacking, like you can go back and you can take a look at, did you make any assumptions? Did you make any interpretations of something that might have been a little bit off? Did you land a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left of the truth? what was it that you missed and sometimes just asking somebody do you what do you think you might have missed it gives somebody the opportunity to see where they weren't listening enough sometimes mm-hmm. right where there was there was a, there was more information or you know we get impatient right so maybe we're just getting bits and pieces and we blew past them too quickly and made an assumption about it so that's one of the ways they can be really instructive and by the way this is just as much a part of becoming a more intuitive person and having a healthier relationship with your intuition as it is you know anything else it's not a signal that like you suck at this so you should just go back to being logical all the time this is how we learn the other thing that i think is even more important is that if you ever don't listen right and you think yeah you know what I was getting this message and I don't think I really embraced it fully. So the next time a situation comes up where you think, oh, here's my intuition talking to me, you'll either do it a little slower Mm -hmm. or if you're inclined to disregard it, you won't. You remember, oh, this was this thing I remember. I've been here before. I need to slow down. It's like even more important that you have a few of those because not listening, or not slowing down enough to really understand what the message is, is a habit that needs to be broken, like that you can't have a relationship with your intuition unless you reckon with that. So and there's one last thing, which is that sometimes, when we're not paying close enough attention, and we miss something important, sometimes we're not supposed to know. And that's because we could be protecting ourselves later from something even more precarious. So let's say you get a warning about something, or you don't get a warning about something, or you get a warning and for some reason it didn't make it all the way in, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, so your intuition is supposed to make your life calmer and more centered. So I'm not saying that you have to be then walking around, looking over your shoulder, being anxious all the time. We know that anxiousness is not intuition anyway. But I have seen people have these experiences where they will tell me like, it, it, like, I didn't get it at all. Like I just, this was a total surprise to me. I tell them good because you're going to be paying attention now. And there may be something even more important that you need to focus on that you would have missed.
0: And this is very good for me because I am always going like a million miles a minute doing all these different things and. As I've gotten a little bit older, it's something I've started to cultivate, the slowing down, paying a little closer attention, and I think this is very good advice, so thank you, Susan. I mean, this
1: is going to be crucial because I've been thinking a lot about the challenges of this year, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. focused on, yay, you know, we're going to go on this trip and we're going to get to hug each other and be indoors and like all of that is really Mm -hmm. significant and really important and i i feel like we need to hold on to that light at the end of the tunnel that is coming up here much sooner and faster than we expected but we have to process a lot still and if we go racing into what we think is post-pandemic life it's not going to be post-pandemic life for at least another year and a half Right? There's so much that needs to be repaired, healed, picked up, looked at. The fallout is still occurring in people's lives. And if you are someone who had the virus, knew somebody who had the virus, lost somebody to the virus or for whatever reason, lost your job, fill in the blanks. Right? Yeah. Those kinds of changes, you don't necessarily heal from them by running away from what happened. I said yesterday in a video that I posted if someone punches you in the face, it takes seconds, right? Mm -hmm. But recovering from that injury takes a lot longer Mm -hmm. than the injury itself. And last year was like getting punched in the face on a regular basis. And for some people, it's still that way. We're still traumatized. Mm -hmm. Listening slowly is really important. And that is where a lot of intuitive mistakes get made because We don't necessarily want to know everything. It's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. What happens is if your intuition is aware that you are taking the time to really suss it out and to sit tight, it will start to give you more information, you know, immediately. And so you're less likely to pick at it.
0: Well, this is it's interesting. I was thinking about what you were saying. I was actually just talking about this yesterday. And, I, you know, I've been very fortunate in the pandemic compared to a lot of people, but I've also completely changed my lifestyle, which was a huge shift in the beginning since I'm such an extrovert. And I have to say, I've kind of gotten used to this little at home lifestyle that I've cultivated and I'm not ready To just go back out into the world when i'm able and i i was like that's something i never thought i would say (laughs) but i think we're all just going to come out of this so different and i'll be really curious a year from now to see where we're at yeah me too um, emotionally but i
1: also think that some of us will start taking stock earlier and some of us will start taking stock later but it is supposed to change us that's the whole point of it, right, is that hopefully we emerge more loving, compassionate people towards other people and ourselves. Your intuition is always guiding you towards the highest good for the greatest number. That's why it's important to listen to it. And I think there are, you know, countless stories of people who got really confused by the pandemic because there was so much pain, but there was also so much of the other.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think we'll wrap it up on that. And this is the end of our short season, Breaking Through the Fog, this series, kind of starting off the new year. And we're gonna have a little bit of a shift. I'm gonna be working on a creative project, a writing project. And Susan, you're gonna be doing some, I'm calling it stories from the intuitive files. It's like, kind of reminds me of like the detective files. You're gonna be putting together some stories with past clients and friends that have, you know, stories of how they listened to their intuition that they might've doubted in the beginning and stories that help them really appreciate their intuition. Would that be an accurate way to describe it? Yes, and I'm, I'm
1: delighted that you actually came up with the perfect name for it. We're gonna do a bonus season where I'm actually going to sit down and talk with friends and clients about all of that and also what was it like to actually sit in a session with me what were your expectations before we started what was something that came up that you had no idea what i was talking about and how did that pan out so people are really going to get a more intimate look into you know what happens when you work with an intuitive and i'm really excited about that and we're probably going to be ready to go with that I want to say late June. So we'll take a little of a break. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to point something out here is that the pandemic seems universal. It's just what you did when. So when the pandemic started, you were furiously writing mm-hmm. the first draft of your, of your next book, and I was doing puzzles. And now I'm deep into a first draft as well and you are doing puzzles. So all things have come full circle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's going to be time to answer questions. I want to keep the ask the intuitive piece of this going. So you can follow me on social media, because I am going to have quite, you know, question and answer stuff and more videos and just, you know, ways that you can kind of get access to the things that you really want to know about while we're getting ready to do this bonus season that sounds great i can't tell you
0: everything but there are going to be some cool surprises too oh i love surprises well that sounds good (laughs) and if you'd like to connect with susan you can find her at susan gorman intuitive on facebook and instagram or you can email her at susan at susangorman.net And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter or every week on the podcast Crime Writers On. And we do hope you'll check back in next time to this podcast for even more insight into tapping into your own everyday intuition.